0: Welcome to another Coaching You podcast with the coach, Brendan Sir. Uh, Really excited about today, Uh, Jeff Van Gundy, just coming off a a terrific win uh, for Team USA in the America Cup down in Uruguay and Argentina. I think he'll relate to you the incredible experience it was for him and the, the high character and quality of the players that he coached players and coaches that he worked against from the other countries and what this year and a half process of qualifying for the world cup uh means for our country it's not this did not get qualify them they have to go through so you know four other qualifying two-game series over the next year and a half so it's a fascinating new format uh, and then, and that just gets us ready for the World Cup, where we'll put together a fantastic team that Coach Popovich will lead in his first venture as the United States Men's National Team coach. So, uh, for Jeff's first opportunity to coach FIBA basketball, and it's actually his first time to coach basketball, organized ball, uh, in ten years. So I think you're just love. He's one of the real pure guys of basketball, uh, and he the thing we love about Jeff is he tells you like it is so I think you're really going to enjoy uh, a very candid conversation and really a neat conversation from one of the game's smartest people and I think so we'll take a break from our sponsors and then come back with Jeff Van Gundy Fast Model Sports is the world's most versatile basketball coaching software to help power your preparation FastModel has developed the industry's best coaching software, including the number one play diagramming and playbook software, FastDraw. FastDraw bridges the gap between whiteboarding and the digital world with an incredibly easy to use interface that can be used on, both your computer and your iPad, providing maximum portability for your own personal play and drill database. Doesn't stop there. Along with FastDraw, they have other great programs such as FastCout, which I have used, which helps coaches create clean professional sky reports customized for your team. FastModel is trusted and used by every NBA team and WNBA team and 85% of Division I college teams Hey, welcome to back to the podcast uh, with Jeff Van Gundy. Uh, wow, tell me about the trip, my friend, for, uh, all the different angles of it. I mean, you know, from a let's start with, with first the practice. Uh, you know, what was it like going getting back in the gym with you know with a real team and practice?
1: Well, we practiced at the University of Houston for six days, and Kelvin Sampson and his staff couldn't have been more welcoming a uh, great practice facility there. So we went uh, and practiced there, and we brought 17 guys for 12 spots to take the trip. And when you're trying to both evaluate players and put a team together in a short amount of time, it's uh, hard to thread that needle. And I thought, um, ultimately, uh, Sean Ford, who you know, runs this whole program for USA Basketball, he did a great job in bringing not only good players to the camp but also uh players who had a sense of sacrifice and sharing and so uh the practices were were pretty good and uh we picked our 12 and then we made the long flight to uh uh uruguay through buenos aires and you know so um the initial part of uh, training camp was really good and i i love i love the guys that we eventually took On the trip,
0: it looked like uh, from all the you know watching on TV and then all the social media stuff that you had guys that really liked each other and really would love in the experience.
1: They were, you know, they were a great group. You know, no, no one entitled, uh, no one worrying about their own numbers. You know, FIBA numbers. Like Hmm. if you average ten in a in in a FIBA tournament, Uh you're getting it. You're getting it done. I mean, you know, because it's like adjusting to the game. And seeing it as a, uh, a positive instead of the contact being like able to throw you off of who you are and what type of player you want to be because the contact level in FIBA basketball they would physically if someone did that to Steph Curry in an NBA game Adam Silver would ban them for life okay um, so it's like you you got to embrace it and that's why it's so hard to to get buckets there because when you're at the basket, Uh you're not going to be able to flop your way or fake your way or try to sell a call. Um, unless you get your head taken off, uh, you better finish the play. And so, you know, our guys, I think did a good job of like embracing that. And they were just really a good group, you know, and we said four things we wanted to have happen for them. We, we wanted it to be a good trip for them We wanted it to help their career. We wanted them to win the gold medal. And then the final thing was, if they're available, we'd want them to want to participate in the World Cup qualifiers. So, Hmm. you know, I I hope for all of them, uh, at least they can check, you know, hopefully all four, but uh, they were really a good group. So, Jeff, tell about
0: this is really in all my years of following uh, international and FIBA basketball, which I consider myself one of the, you know, there's a lot of not a lot of not a lot of coaches in the country that do follow FIBA. I, I know, I've been lucky to really understand it since the '80s. And uh, you know, so tell me what the America Cup was for. I'd I'd really not heard of that tournament before.
1: Well, it it it's been renamed, uh, Brendan. So okay. it's like it used to be called the the FIBA America tournament, okay, which. Yep. Remember the Dream Team, That's right? What, you were there, the right? Tournament, in in yep. Yep. Yeah, tournament of the Americas. Portland. Yeah, Tournament of the Americas. So it's just be, been renamed that. This is the first year they played it. Okay. So it's the same thing. The difference is, because they've changed uh, how you go about qualifying for the World Cup, uh, this was a one-off tournament that you had to participate in to be able to uh, try and qualify for the World Cup. So... Uh, this tournament in of itself doesn't get us any closer to World Cup qualification, but it was a standalone tournament that we took seriously. the As you know, being uh, having followed the FIBA and participated in these tournaments is that the other countries, I mean, this is big, and they put a lot into it as far as uh, preparation, exhibition tours, Uh, getting their best players uh, there and participating. And so it was a significant competition and we knew we'd have to put in a significant amount of work to be competitive. And so, uh, you know, we were so happy uh, and fortunate to win two tough, true road games in Uruguay against Uruguay and then uh, in Argentina on for the championship. So, yeah it was great and I, I didn't know a whole lot about FIBA basketball. I'll be honest until i got um till they asked me to to do this and then you start studying up and you you notice right away there's a lot of great players all across this world, and they play with passion and intensity uh for their country and then the thing that stood out to me was how good the coaching yeah. is and it's um,
0: outstanding
1: yeah. So it was it was really a great experience for me, and it, I think it's taught me a lot going forward with the World Cup qualifiers. Uh, so much of what we have to do and be ready for uh, when we start that in November.
0: Yeah, I was just going to ask you. I, I knew you were coaching the team, and so I I knew November, and then all of a sudden I see you in training camp at the University of Houston, and I said what the hell's he doing? I thought that was in November. Then I thought, well, maybe they're just seeing if there's, these kids will be guys they want on the team, you know, kind of an early qualifier for practice. And then all of a sudden, there you go playing games and stuff. So tell us what um, what's happening in November and where is that at?
1: So we start playing. Uh, it's a year-and-a-half process to qualify for the World Cup. We play in home-and-home uh, home in blocks of two games. Um, so we play on Thanksgiving day, um, in, in Puerto Rico, uh knock on wood that they come through this storm, Yep, obviously. Okay. And then at home in Greensboro, uh, North Carolina, uh, against Mexico, who was in the final four of the, the FIBA America. So I got to see them now they have again, terrific guard play and they're huge. So we're going to have to try to see you know how we're gonna you know the roster that we're gonna try to put together and then um so we play thursday thanksgiving uh night in puerto rico sunday in greensboro and then you do the same thing the two games set in uh february in june the following september following november and the following february and in our group we're gonna have to be in the top three to make it and uh it's gonna be a challenge you know it's uh because uruguay and uh argentina mexico all these really good teams someone's gonna get left out and so we're gonna have to you know with limited practice time uh we're gonna have to get you know up and running and be able to play good basketball
0: and obviously you got to you have the ability to change roster for each thing each two game set probably uh my right yes yeah because no, it, because yeah. Of, because of guys you know with basketball opportunities around the world and also injuries of course because of the game spread out i would think you know
1: no question i think uh, hard we we, we hope for continuity yeah. uh Brendan uh in some form and fashion and yet on the other hand just like you said we want this to be so good for the players that it opens up uh career opportunities for them that they may not have uh gotten if they hadn't participated with us so you know it's a sort of like you want you want continuity but in the other hand you hope all 12 guys they bettered themselves for having played in the FIBA America Cup tournament with us and None of them are available. So um, we'll see how it goes. But, you know, the G League, it's a good league. The one thing I I said was the biggest adjustment, though, was the whole FIBA, uh, the amount of contact, but also the amount of intensity and passion, um, trying to sell that on a, a daily basis so that our guys knew exactly what they were up against and what they were in for. And I still don't think I did an adequate enough job early in selling the differences, nor how intensely these games were to be played.
0: Well, you've always been a strong proponent of officiating, you know. So, <laughs> so during our NBA games, so I know you must have enjoyed the hell out of that. I mean,
1: you, you know. know what was interesting when we went down there? I got warned, <laughs> if not by ten people, by twenty people okay don't react to the referee it's it's you're going to get a bad whistle right and just accept it and I found just the opposite isn't that I something? I didn't uh, I listen I the contact that they allow in FIBA basketball I think is I think they should modify and, and adapt uh, to a more fluid game yeah but I didn't think one time uh, I mean we're in those tight tight road games. We got like very fair whistles. Like I I was really impressed with and these are all pretty young referees. I would say I didn't know this but in FIBA basketball as an official you have to retire at 50. Whoa. So yeah, it's crazy. So no, I'm not going to let getting... you make
0: a comment so that you can't get fined. we think it's a good idea to do that
1: in our league. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. I'm, no, joking. no. I'm, joking. I'm joking. No, just when you're getting good and experienced, <laughs> yeah. You know they're they're putting people out to pasture, but all these young referees, like they may still need to to work on, you know, decision making. But the integrity of the officials in the FIFA America Cup to me was off the charts. Uh, we couldn't have been more pleased with the whistle, uh, that was blown in those five games.
0: You know the uh, well. You know the good thing is that they can't ref their own country, correct? You know, so that's right. That's one good thing. But sometimes there's some political influence when nearby countries and things like that that happens. Uh, with the Dream Team, uh, the referees. You knew you were in decent shape when they asked for your players' autographs before the game or a picture. You know that was that was yeah, always a say good that sign. Yeah, ma- would make
1: you pretty good. Yeah, that would make you feel pretty good. <laughs> you know. Listen, the good part about for us is. Our our guys didn't come in with any reputation, so yeah. the the officials didn't know if they liked <laughs> to the guys or not <laughs> <much. laughs> Right, <laughs> so it was great.
0: Hey, let's take a second to tell you about one of our partners, Doctor Dish. Dr. Dish basketball shooting machines are the most high-tech and durable basketball shooting machines on the market today. Each shooting machine was designed specifically for high-repetition training to allow players to improve through technology. Dr. Dish offers game-like training to give hundreds of shooting reps in just minutes and to provide powerful analytics to help players improve their game. Dr. Dishes also introduced Skill Builder, which is the first of its kind the of basketball shooting industry that enables coaches and players to stay connected, design and upload training exercises that combine shooting, conditioning, and ball handling into one complete workout and instantly receive feedback on their workout, allowing for real-time adjustments and improved performance. It is without question the most innovative basketball training machine on the market. It's been the official shooting machine of coaching you for the last two years. To learn more about Dr. Dish, log on to DrDishBasketball.com or follow them on Twitter at DrDishBball. Tell me about your staff. I thought you had a great staff, an interesting staff.
1: Right. So this goes back to Sean Ford uh, at USA Basketball. I thought he did a great job with – the roster. Um, And then because we wanted, we're taking all G league players. He wanted to have a G league coach. And I didn't know Ty Ellis um, at all, but he had been in um, our summer league training camp when I was with the Knicks, which I didn't realize. And so uh, he coaches the Phoenix uh, G league team, very enthusiastic, extremely knowledgeable and hardworking. Uh, And so he did a terrific job and he had a good idea about, what guys in the G League could do. Uh, so maybe guys we might have overlooked uh, because we got a lot of guys turn us down. A lot of guys not want to go there because they didn't see it as a benefit to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he was able to, to recommend some secondary type players that actually became indispensable to us. That's um, like Reggie Hearn, uh, who was so big in the final game, you know, made big three after big three and, can, and really did a great job defending. But So he did a great job. And then we had, uh, as you know, uh, Mo McCone, who has seen it all and done it all yeah. in, in the world of basketball, both internationally, uh, NBA, CBA, uh, D-League. So his experience in all of those forums really helped me, uh, and I really relied on him. He's just got a great way of looking at it, at the game, um, then we had uh, James Fraschella. Oh, uh, Fran Frischella's, I, yeah. uh son was our, our video guy, and he's going on to work for the Utah Jazz now, but um, he was an absolute workhorse. Uh, and It's great when you see a young man like him, 25, who's so smart and so knowledgeable, uh, oh. and he, he did a fabulous job. And then our, our trainer was the assistant uh, trainer for the Rockets, uh, toki I don't want to butcher his last name uh and toki was like he's like twenty i think seven and if I got a job tomorrow and I didn't have a trainer he would be my guy he was wow. that good so it's like it's a great story for the players but also you're you're discovering these young people uh who are so talented and so dedicated and so hardworking. um you know it's real it was really astonishing and I was so Fortunate to be around so many good people.
0: Now it was ten years, I believe, roughly, since you last coached a real, real game, so to speak. Right? I mean, you and Mark. Coach. Unless you, you, coach, you and Mark, coach thirty coach. times a year. I mean, you know. No, but fort- unless
1: you coach, <laughs> you're obviously not counting my. Uh, fourth grade youth uh, do- uh, girls basketball team in the in the real games because I'll say this I told my my youngest daughter that was much more challenging than coaching pros in Argentina you know just trying to get our girls from uh, the 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 water fountain out back to the court was like a miracle so yeah no it's been ten years so
0: so, so what so now you know you, you the greatest thing about I think what you and Mark do is you get to see the It's like Jay Billis does. You get to see the best teams all the time, the best coaches, and what happens to guys like yourself, I think, is that you then, it's like you now have this smorgasbord of fabulous ideas in front of you all the time saying, okay, when I get a team, I might put this thing that Golden State does, this thing that Houston does, and you put it all together, and now it's your playbook. When you now go into this situation, totally different rules, totally how do you modify and how do you do decide what to do?
1: Well, that was the hard part because not only did, I mean, I I'd watch D league games, right. For our players to try to gather what their strengths and weaknesses are. But as you know, until you coach somebody, you really don't know them. So I didn't really have a great feel for our players. I also didn't have, even though I studied them all summer, um, the, The true feel, having never seen them live and in person, who our opponents were going to be, I knew nothing about the officials and uh, I knew nothing about the venues, nor did I know anything about FIBA basketball. So I was really starting from behind. And so you went very basic because you only had six days of practice before you flew out and went down there to start the competition. And so offensively, um, we were very basic. But... From what I had gathered from talking to a lot of people, the thing that we had to get established was we had to want to pass the ball and we had to guard. And so the focus of that whole camp was we're going to be simple on offense, but we're going to guard hard and we're going to pass the ball to each other. And that sounds simple enough, but when guys have yet to play together, you don't know how that'll actually take. And I was uh, very happy with our level of unselfishness And our commitment to defense.
0: Jeff, when you, um, when you, I saw that uh, Pop came up to a couple of uh, days of training camp there. How helpful is he in this process as the men's national coach?
1: Right. So I'll tell you, I think a couple things about that. First, a lot of NBA teams came to evaluate the players. Great. And so I thought uh, I would love uh, in our next uh November camp, I would hope to get a hundred percent participation uh from the NBA teams because I think that also um made a statement to our players that this is important. Uh not, not only for the USA basketball portion, but this is important for my career. I'm getting watched by you know these players. And there was one I think player in particular, a guy named CJ Williams, who's a very good uh wing player from uh, North Carolina State, who went it played with the Texas Legends in the D League uh, last year, uh, who is going to go to camp with the L A Clippers, and I, the Clippers were there every day of the six day camp. That's great. Uh, and I, I am absolutely convinced that watching him day after day, they appreciated his defensive versatility, his shot making, his Jay Crowder like toughness. And I think that's why he's going to have a legitimate chance to make the team. So I think that helped. And then when you trump that even with Greg Popovich, who comes for two days, who talks to them uh, before practice, like this is his team and not just I'm doing this because someone told me I should uh, and talk to each player individually. Um, I think it's a huge uh, impact in that, telling the players, hey, this is important, and like Pop said, without these guys, we're not going to qualify the main guys, you know, for the World Cup. And so, you know, the value he placed on this competition, the value he placed uh, on each individual, uh, I think is going to have huge ramifications going forward for the quality of player that's going to want to participate.
0: Does he actually? Is he the one that selects you as the coach or is that Sean and Jim Tully and those guys? Well, I think combo, whatever.
1: Yeah. I think, I think it's like probably a group effort. I'm not really sure. Pop was the one that called me though and asked me if I would do it. But I think it's probably um, a combination of many people. Uh, But when Pop called to ask me, uh, it took no time to say, sure. uh, To a, be able to, uh, represent your country uh, but also I have such respect for uh, pop uh, such respect for Sean Ford because way back when Brendan I coached Sean's older brother ryan, ryan. Was, Bill- Billy's know, best was,
0: man right uh,
1: Billy Donovan's guy uh back he, he was a walk on at Providence College uh, back when I was there um for 2 years so yeah I mean it was an easy decision for me and I think it was a little bit harder for players because obviously it was coming um at a like a weird time and some guys wanted to stay and work out. But I think to a man, all the players would now tell you um, it was a beneficial experience for him.
0: All right, coaches, time for a trivia question. What is a statistically proven way to add a full game to your win column? (laughs) The answer, let Crossover break down your game film. Crossover takes care of all the tedious clipping and tagging for you. No more late games hunched over your computer, They give you filter tools to find exactly the clips you want, advanced statistics, and shooting efficiency data that will help you put together smarter game plans. You can even give your athletes and parents access so they can study their performance at home and create personalized highlight reels in a flash. Save money when you bundle other teams at your school together. They also break down lacrosse, soccer, hockey, volleyball, and football. Sign up at www.crossover.com forward slash coaching you to receive one free game. That's crossover with a K.com slash coaching you to get one free game. Okay, so now when we get to uh, Thanksgiving, those two games, let's just say players have jobs. You guys got to go find replacements for the ones that you lost that you wanted to bring back, correct?
1: Right. So we have a couple guys, uh, Billy Barron and Alec Brown who've gone overseas to the Euroleague. So they won't be available. And hopefully some of the guys that did participate will have NBA jobs. Right. So we'll be picking from the pool of G league players and we'll be practicing for four days, uh, flying to Puerto Rico play on Thanksgiving and then two days off and then play, uh, at home in Greensboro against, Mexico. And so we've got to do a good evaluation uh, job in the first couple weeks of the G League season to make sure we get a team that fits together well, just like the America team did.
0: That's my question. OK, so you're allowed to take players from the G League. They're working with you, of course. OK, great.
1: Right. So it's that it's going to be just like this um, team. Okay. It's going to have no NBA players. It's going to be all G League guys, but we can't in the G League take the two-way players i'm not as sure mm. exactly why that is um but we can't take the two-way players it can only be uh affiliate players and guys on the g-league roster that have no tie to an nba team
0: that's interesting okay now when you get to I, I know i'm going ahead but this is so damn fascinating if you get to june and uh next september and now can you take nba players Nope. <laughs> i'm no, I'm trying no, to, get, I'm trying no. to put, get your roster up there, buddy. Yeah, uh, no,
1: I, I think yeah. it's going to, yeah. Now, again, I think what's, what we're going to try to do is make sure we have young players. Like we had basically, we had Reggie Williams on our team who's 30. Love him. But other than that, we had, yeah, great. And But other than that, we had guys who were basically 24 to 26, hungry, still ascending type players. Uh, who not only wanted the opportunity to represent their country, but also thought that hey, maybe they've been overlooked and wanted more exposure. So we're going to probably be doing the same thing. Uh, you know, maybe back in June we can take the EuroLeague guy uh, that's come back, uh, but it can't still it still won't be NBA guys. Uh,
0: let me ask you this: when, from a basketball perspective, what about Jeff? the things that you saw other teams doing that you liked or recognized and appreciated that you said this is like, whether it be defensively the way they defended things they played play to zone or something, or teams that might've, you know, did, did you see much pressing in the tournament?
1: No, uh, we didn't really, what you do see is not trapping full court, but you'll see extending uh, where they're pressuring the ball up the court because of you can use your body more in those games. Uh, So there's a lot more hand checking, uh, body pressure, body bumping. uh, And then the zone, as you know, completely changes like the flow of the game, no illegal defense. And so you have to become competent against the zone in six days. And Uruguay zoned us basically for the whole 40 minutes. And we really struggled early. We we made it an emphasis, but it's not natural for the American player who hasn't played against zone for a long time to naturally flow and still remain uh, retain their aggression. So uh, that was challenging. And I think what I noticed, uh, those teams over there, they do an outstanding job of moving without the basketball. Not only, they, they play a lot of pick and roll. But they also incorporate movement out of the pick and roll. When the ball is thrown into the post, uh, they had one outstanding post player in Uruguay in uh, Esteban Batista, who was Mm -hmm. an Atlanta Hawk draft pick. Um, Terrific. But other than that, when the ball goes in the low post, you know, just like the Warriors do, everybody's moving and splitting, and so you have to you have to get used to that. And so there are some subtle differences. But what I thought and what I still think is what wins and loses is basically the same. You've got to get better shots than your opponent. Um, And for us, that's why we focus so much on simplicity on offense, defensive intensity and awareness to personnel, and then making sure we're passing the ball Uh, because over there without the illegal defense rules, there's a lot less room to work with. If you pound the ball, and don't try to beat them with passing movement and then attacking, uh, you're playing into their hands.
0: What's the biggest takeaways for you uh, in going forward to the next round?
1: Well, I learned a lot about in-game coaching there and how to do it FIBA. The whole timeout thing (laughs) is different in that you can't call a live ball timeout. Um, We played a lot of guys. We played 10 basically every game. We had a 10-man rotation. The other teams played less. And I think uh, for them it made sense because they had longer times together. They basically had around forty game, forty days together, um, and maybe like six, seven, eight exhibition games. Where we had one exhibition when we got over there against Dominican, and we had like seven practice days. And so um, they could play their better players, bigger minutes. Us being the summer you know, not as much practice time, we needed to go deeper. And thankfully our bench was our greatest strength. And, uh, I learned a lot about that part, but also how to coach an uh, in game, a FIBA game, because you watch those guys, that's their game. They know the ins and outs of how to use, uh, and manipulate the rules to their advantage.
0: When, where's camp going to be at in November?
1: I believe it's going to be uh, in Greensboro at the Charlotte Hornets D league swarms. uh, Yeah. Yeah. At their D league facility. Uh, And then we're going to fly directly from there, uh, you know, bus to Charlotte and then fly to uh, Puerto Rico. And we're, we're, we're really excited about, you know, getting to different areas. I think in February we're playing in Santa Cruz. Um, So the venues are going to change the home games. Because, and I know you know this, but when you're I can't say I was a D-league expert or a G-league expert uh, but man, when you get around these guys, they're good. like they're real like you could flip you could put CJ. Williams in an NBA game tomorrow and he's not going to hurt you. you know, you could put Jameel Warney in an NBA training camp, and I, I would su- suffice to say he could easily outplay Mm -hmm. your backup bigs. And so the idea that these guys are lesser, um, I think is a mistake. I think maybe they haven't cracked, uh, that door open enough, but a lot of these guys, if you flipped them with other guys who are on the back end of the, uh, roster in NBA teams, you wouldn't notice a difference.
0: When, um, my feeling has been with the, you know, two rounds in the NBA, and two, the two rounds, the players selected are all, all guaranteed contracts now. So even if you make a mistake in selecting a first or second round player, the player's on the team. And so what happens as opposed to the NFL where Belichick might pick a guy in the seventh round, you know, or, you know, Bill O'Brien. And that guy, they don't care if he's se- seventh round pick. He's on the team. He might start. They don't care. And Or a non-drafted player makes the team. Uh, where in the NBA, if you're not in uh, selected, it is so hard to crack the ceiling. And when I coached in the CBA for two years, uh, there were lesser players on league rosters then, but in the NBA. But I, I love those kids because they they competed so hard. And it was the dream league. I, that's what I, I thought it was, the dream league. These kids, they wanted so badly. And, and it was the best two years I ever had in coaching. Imagine that
1: you know Even it's interesting the you say here. that though no but it's interesting you say that because um i was very reflective watching these guys celebrate on the court and watching them act uh the this whole trip and the total time travel from the time we left uh Houston to go to the airport in Houston University of Houston after practice to go to the airport in Houston till we got to our hotel in Uruguay was 21 hours. Okay. And we practiced, uh, that day and scrimmage that night. Right. And so if you would have done that with an NBA team, they would have like looked at you like you had filed heads, agreements
0: right? with the union. Yeah,
1: no, it would have been like, are you kidding me? Um, these guys, because they've, they haven't had breaks and they're not entitled, uh, their level of hunger, uh, to improve their lot in the professional basketball world is so great that they focus on the opportunity and not on, uh, you know, how hard it may be. And so I was, it was so rewarding to see them celebrate um, how much value they placed in representing their country, the gold medal. Um, Jameel Warney won the MVP and to see him beam at the watch they gave him Wow, Um, you know, like this is like a very accomplished player. He won, I think, he was player of the league, uh, player of the year in his league three times at Stony Brook. Um, You know, he had a great rookie year uh, in the NBA for the or the G League for the Texas Legends. But to see him, his reaction, to see our other players' reaction, it was like it was such a rewarding experience for me. It's not something like I'm going to get something out of it other than Man, I got to represent my country with these guys. It was it was awesome. It really was. And um uh, uh, I have an affinity for these type of players and more so now that I actually got to work with them for that two and a half, three week period.
0: Well, they were lucky that they got to share it with you, my friend. And uh it's uh it's it's gonna be one of the most reward this whole thing now that you're gonna go through in the next you know, year and a half—it's just going to be fabulous. You're going to enjoy the ride as much as those players will, and I can't wait to catch up with you after every one of your two-week, two-game things to find out how it goes. But, uh, Jeff, thanks so much for sharing. Uh, it, it's great, and I'm real proud and happy for you and the kids the way they did it. It's and it represent the country, but more importantly, they had a great time, and and uh, and and hopefully, it's really going to help their career. But thank that's, you that's, again.
1: That's what our hope is. Thank you, Brendan, for having me. Take care.
0: Jeff thank you that was incredible i think you you know as we talked about in the opening uh, jeff is is very special you know he is a coaching you faculty member he has done You know, our events, you know, his brother, Stan, the coach of the Pistons, uh, you know, speaks frequently for us in Orlando. Jeff will probably be with us. Uh, I'm looking at his thing hopefully in July uh, and his break next summer. He'll be in Las Vegas uh, for us. So uh, Jeff is uh, really one of the great, great coaches that we have in the game. Uh, His work on ABC and ESPN for the NBA – is spectacular, and uh, he and Mark Jackson make a great duo combining with the incredible Mike Breen uh, and bringing us, you know, NBA basketball, you know, a couple of times a week and during the NBA finals, so I think it was really a look into a guy that just loves to coach, loves to teach, and... You know, for him, a new experience of FIBA basketball. So uh, for your college coaches getting ready now to enter into your practices and also as you're getting high school coaches getting ready for your season, some of the things he talked about, uh, passing the ball, simplicity on defense, making the game simple, focusing on execution, those are all the things that work. Uh, remember, uh, TV. pick up your uh, videos, for this season to prepare uh this season we still have our videos and then in the past um uh, you know for past years incredible 99 dollar value for entire library for you know each each previous year so look forward to that uh till next week the coach Brendan sir